Today, on the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. People that go into the raw legal environment, it can be a huge mistake. So you just need to be very careful, I think, because your whole future is really dependent on being at the right place. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you today, Harrison? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about today's subject. I definitely have been interested in personality tests for a long time. I think there is a lot of merit to the idea of getting insight about your personality and your strengths and Mm. maybe some areas that are not your strengths. And like the more informed you are, I think the the term that comes to mind is forewarned is forearmed. It's like the more informed you are about your, the better you can apply yourself and the better resources you can find to shore up your weak areas. So today specifically, we're talking about the uh, DISC profile assessment and how attorneys can use this particular test to understand more about the practice setting and the practice area where they would potentially thrive in. So let's dive right into it. Tell me a little bit about your background with personality tests. What drew you to the DISC profile assessments? I've had people take them before, and we actually used them uh, quite a while ago in our company. We had a a recruiter here that, or a manager that had been trained to use them at his previous company, and he came over here and used them. And then it was funny, then a guy that I worked with very closely, one of my mentors named Chet Holmes. He started using it, and then and then he told a guy that he was working with named Tony Robbins, a motivational speaker, about it. So he started using it. So this particular this is one uh, type of profile test, and uh, we're starting to offer it for free on BCG. But it it works pretty well, and it helps you uh, understand your personality and the things that are important for you to be a good attorney. So I, I like the test quite a bit. That's excellent. So you mentioned in the article how attorneys fit into different types of law firms and practice settings depending on how they see themselves and how they see the world. So give me a little more insight, if you can, about what are some of the different ways that attorneys tend to view themselves? Well, attorneys can view themselves. One of them is is dominant. So a lot of the best attorneys do come across as dominant. Some of them don't. But you generally, you need to have something about your personality that's dominant because the idea is that when you're com- when you're defending someone or representing someone, you want to get their point across the most the, the best possible way you can. And so, a lot of times you need to approach that from a dominant standpoint. Another thing is, the best attorneys typically uh, are very good at influencing others, and they need to convince people that their client's point of view is the most logical way of for things to to go. And and that's certainly a skill. And and then steady means another personality trait that they're they typically are steady and not and supportive of others. So they're not just up off themselves, but they care about making sure other people feel supported. And then conscientious. That means that they're not playing games and they're, you know, really doing their best with, with different sorts of things. So they're hardworking and uh, focused and that sort of thing. So those are the main things I think that, that go along with, with the best attorneys in terms of conscientiousness, steadiness, uh, influence, and dominance. Those are some of the main personality traits. And is, is it true that people tend to fall just under one of these personality traits or do they show like a a combination of these traits or tell me a little bit more about how the specific DISC profile assessment applies these traits. Cause I've seen in a couple different uh, readings, there's like the DI type or the SC type. So, you know, what do you think about these intermediate personality types? There's definitely intermediate personality types. Different people have different skills and different 
strengths and they should be doing different types of work. Even in the, the disc profile under the dominance, which is D, there's people that some people are high Ds and other people are low Ds. And if you're not a high D, there's things that you would be better off doing. And if you're a high D, there's certain types of things you'd be better that you would be better off doing. It's really important to understand not everybody is dominant. And it doesn't mean that you have to be uh, in a certain type of, that you have to be dominant. And if you're not dominant, you certainly can work in a lot of roles uh, in, in legal field. It doesn't have to be in a, in a big law firm. You can work in the government or academia or public interest or some judges are often, you know, or judicial roles or in-house jobs. And so it doesn't, just because you're doing, you're not a D or one of these characteristics doesn't mean you're not a good attorney. And different people are different types of, types of characteristics. So depending on who you are, uh, and what your uh, personality type is, you can often figure out the best, you know, practice setting for yourself. Absolutely. And something that came to mind is when you're working in a law firm environment, you're generally working on a team with other attorneys. And it's not just the, any one person who is in charge of every aspect of the case. The people who, the teams that tend to succeed the most are the ones where the individual members have identified their strengths and they're taking on the role within the team that plays to their strengths. So everyone is playing to their strengths, even if their strengths tend to differ. Mm -hmm. And then combined, you might have somebody who's a strong D type, who's very dominant. You might have a second person who's the, the support person. You might have a third person who's more conscientious and keeps everyone in balance. And together, this team is able to thrive a lot more than potentially a team where everyone is really dominant. And then maybe there's some competitiveness and infighting. So I, I like how you say that it doesn't mean that you're a bad attorney if you're not dominant. It right. simply means that your strengths lie somewhere else. And so there's potentially a different role within your current firm or practice area, or maybe even another practice setting that works better for your personality type. Yeah. And dominance certainly is not like the most characteristic. It's a lot of people that get the most done are, are much better off operating behind the scenes and that sort of thing. So like they say, you can't have uh, too many uh, cooks in the kitchen, right? You can't right. have everyone in charge because then it's just a mess. So you need to have that chain of command. You need to have people who are giving orders and other people who are taking orders. I know you talk a lot about uh, the idea of law firms tend to hire soldiers because they don't need so many generals. Gen they usually have the generals in place already. And they're looking for soldiers to, you know, execute the orders and just fill out the team. Um, but tell me a little bit more. Is it necessarily the case that all of the generals, all of the leaders of a law firm have a certain type of personality or do the leaders have varied personality traits as well? Yeah, leaders definitely have varied personality traits and, and, it, and it depends on the law firm and the brand of a law firm, the type of clients a law firm and the stage of the law firm's growth. A very young law firm is that's growing and, and trying to gain market share may, may have high D's leading it. But then as you get, uh, as the law firm gets more mature and they have established clients and attorneys are going there at an ongoing basis and so forth, and the law firm is more settled, you, you probably are going to have people that aren't necessarily D's and have other skill, other high things. So it just, it, it depends on the, the stage and the law firm's growth many times. Yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And it, it's conceivable that amongst the leaders, it, it also requires balance. You mm -hmm. need to have some leaders who are more dominant, some are more steady, some are more influential. And the team of leaders together has that balance. And right. that's a really good point about how in different stages of a law firm's growth cycle, they're going to have more of one type of leader because that's going to get them through that stage and then on to the next stage of growth. 
So let's talk a little bit more about these uh, specific personality type types and what we'll mm. just go in order. So tell me more about the dominant personality type. Like what other traits does this dominant personality type exhibit? Your dominant personality trait is, is someone that's going to just want, wants to lead. So they want to be seen as people that are leaders. They want they, they care about being seen as powerful and successful. They tend to have lots of goals and talk about the things doing, that they want to be working. They're high achievers and they're, they're just a, a very stereotypical. When you think of people, they, they talk about how this is, they're doing is the best and how someone said they were the best and they just have something to prove. I frankly, I, I used to think that was very important to be like that. I don't think that way anymore. And now I find it, it humorous watching people that way, but that that's, uh, I, I think that those are some of the, the, the in general, how, uh, what that personality is like. And people who exhibit this strong dominant personality type, what types of law firms and what types of practice areas do they tend to be most successful in? Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. Webinars take place on Zoom, and you can join the next webinar by using the Zoom ID. The Zoom ID for this webinar is 868-9816-5944. Again, that Zoom ID is 868-9816-5944. You can also find more information by going to coaching.oar.com. I think if someone is, is very high D, that they're very good in large competitive law firms many times, not always, but they're certainly looking to get ahead. And so having that, that ability to be dominant can be important to psych other people out. Oftentimes they may be a, a solo practitioner or own a firm where they can get out there and promote themselves with their picture and so forth. And do well that they often could be own their own business. A lot of times they do that or, or be the head of different types of companies. And sometimes they're uh, very good prosecutors and general counsels. And so they just, they want to be a lot of uh, the, the thing that I see most of the time is really that kind of person wants to be seen. They want people to see them and think highly of all that sort of stuff. So to the extent that, you know, that they're seen that way, they tend to be much happier. And that that's what motivates them in my experience. And on the flip side, have you observed in your experience, like any common practice areas or types of law firms where they tend to not do, or they feel limited or constrained? I think anything where, where they, where people aren't trying to be the best and stick out, where you're more anonymous, where, where you don't, where you're, where you're not in the public limelight, people aren't seeing you and your, your achievements aren't really coming to light would be things like government jobs. A lot of those jobs can be very routine and, and you may not necessarily be seen. Academia, where a lot of the work you may be doing is just writing and teaching and, and not really, again, in the public spotlight. Some sort, some forms of public interest work. And a lot of times judges can be uh, are a center of attention, but at the same time, it's uh, it's more about, it's, I think being a judge, not all judges, but most judges, it's, it's almost like an academic clergy type role to some extent. So you're not really in the spotlight. And then uh, 
the majority of, you know, in-house jobs where you're behind the scenes and, you know, working in a small town, giving advice to consumer individuals as opposed to big companies and things. I, I think those are some of the, the areas where they, they tend to, you know, do well. So that's really fascinating to to know that somebody who is a highly dominant personality might not be great in government because of the routineness of it, or mm-hmm. even in a judicial setting. Again, as you say, they're more behind the scenes. They don't have the the prominence. They're not in the limelight. And somebody who does have that dominant personality, if they're able to tap into that and create a name for themselves in their chosen practice area, that can definitely help them go a lot farther in their career and lead a, a more fulfilling life mm-hmm. rather than just slotting themselves into a bench seat or a, a government job, like you say. Well, what about if somebody has this dominant personality type and they're looking to move up in their career, whether within their current law firm or making a lateral move to another law firm, what are some things that they can do to play to their strengths that will help them advance in their career? I think if they're looking to move into a, a bigger law firm and they want to be in a bigger law firm, I think. One of the things that I've seen is you have to be very interested in practicing law. You have to be very interested in your practice area. You have to be excited about the work that you're doing. You have to really come across as someone that wants to make business and work hard and do the things that the law firm wants in order to be successful, in order for the law firm to be successful. Those are some of the things that I think are the most important. I think that you just need to come across as someone that is capable of leadership and standing up for themselves and doing well in a very competitive environment. And that's the thing. A, a really good law firm is many times a really good law firm because the people put a lot of pressure on each other inside of the law firm. And then, and then the, and, and then they, and then when they're going against the other side and so forth, all of those characteristics make them outstanding attorneys. So all those sorts of things are very, because they, they're, the, the, the quality of the people that you're working with will push you to be better as well. You pick up the vibration and the strength of those sorts of people. So big law firms and the most competitive law firms typically want to hire people that they believe are going to be able to stick up to those sorts of environments. That's, that's great. So moving forward, let's talk about the influencer personality type. Can you give me a brief rundown on what traits does the influencer tend to exhibit? They tend to be, I think influencers tend to be, and I, I, I th- there's a lot of things to talk about an influencer. And I think it's almost the word itself almost tends to define itself, but influencers tend to get a lot of like, they, they like being around uh, other people. They want to know, they, they want to be around other people. So they like being around others. They, they often, they're positive people in their environments. They, they want to get others approval. They tend to, they get their strength from being around other people. So I would call them, you, we were talking earlier and you were saying that you took some tests and some people take tests and it says that they're introverted and others are extroverted. I would say influencers are more extroverted. Many times they're, they come across as unorganized and mainly they, they're social. So they, they're very social and they take a lot of social clues from their environment and all that sort of thing. And you say in the article about this, that they make really good litigators. So why is it that an influencer would make a good litigator, aside from the obvious in that you're trying to sway a, a judge or a jury to see your point of view, but what other aspects of this personality type make them a strong litigator? I think the, one of the things it's almost, you have to qualify that because a lot of litigation involves just working in, in front of a computer and writing, but at the same time, that's an influence sort of thing. And then lit- litigators, they want to get others approval. So in order to be a good litigator, you need to get the approval of your client. You need to get the approval of your peers. You need to get the approval of the court. 
you need to get the approval of the other side and influence them. So it's really litigation is about improving and influencing others. And they really take a lot of pride in their ability to influence others. It's, it's a, a major, a major thing with them. So it's, so I, that's one of the things litigators, I think, but the, the thing with litigators is because so much of it is writing and doing things behind the scenes, sometimes litigators in large law firms may not, someone that's a really good influencer, if, unless they have the patience to stick with it, may never really get the opportunity to influence the way they'd like to. So. No, because of the way large law firms work. And so that's a really interesting point is that they can be limited in these large law firm environments. So what environments would they find more success or more happiness in? Is it, should they be solo practitioners? Should they be working in smaller markets or smaller firms? What, what's your opinion? I think that they, that they need to, they need to get, they need to be allowed to, to be around people. So I think litigators, the best litigators do well and better in office environments. They do better when they have a, a lot of contact. A client contact, they do better when, when they're around people that are praising them, when they're, when they're told that they're doing a good job, when they're, you know, allowed to, you know, eventually go to court and that sort of thing. But I think that they really do need to be, they need to have the ability to influence people. And, and not all law firms will allow uh, a litigator to be that way. And that's part of the problem. And beyond just the practice setting, are there specific practice areas where high influence personality types tend to be more successful or just tend to have more enjoyment in practice settings. Uh, yeah, and I would say just being around others is a big thing. I think that the typical, when you think of attorneys, a lot of them, you think of them being politicians so they can do well there. Many times they can do well in public interest where they can get very passionate about something. Other times, you know, even in academics where they can debate ideas with people and so forth. In, in contrast, I don't know when they're not around other people, it, it can be difficult. If they're around an environment that stifles creativity, that could be difficult. A lot of times in-house environments may not be the best for some of them, unless there's a kind of a social environment, but those are some of the things I think that can be difficult for them. So basically any practice environment where they're going to have a lot of attention, they're going to be collaborating with a lot of people and constantly socializing either in a, you know, professional or a networking sense is probably going to play to the strengths of the influencer, as opposed to a practice environment where you're closed off or working by yourself, uh, not getting a lot of feedback, not having a lot of interaction, those would probably be very stifling to, to an influencer. Is, it, is that right? Yeah. Where they can be behind the scenes and all, all that sort of, not necessarily behind the scenes, but they can be influencing people and getting things done based on their relationships with other people. And for these types of people, if they're looking to move up in their career, maybe they've found themselves stifled for one reason or another. How can they break out, move past these boundaries and either find new footing in their current uh, environment, whether that's in a law firm or how can they make a move to another environment that's going to suit? I think that they need to go with what excites them. So I just, I remember when I was practicing law, I always was excited about things to do with sales. Like I always liked anything to do with sales or I liked, and so I, I was high influence and so I liked anything to do, talk to people and tell them my point of view and, and and influence people. And some people like that. And if you're like that, then you understand that you like that stuff naturally and you, and you gravitate towards it. If you're not, then you may not like that. So you have to understand yourself. And most people don't need a test to tell them they're like that. Um, a test will remind them of their, that they're like that. But there's people that just like to get out there. I remember when I was uh, young and uh, I would, and I was at, I don't know, some event at a, at a some religious event with my family. And this, you know, kid that was my age got up and was 
preaching at a speaker, like at a, with a bullhorn, you know, about all the, how these people, they do all this stuff. And I couldn't believe it. I was like 10 years old. I was like, how does some kid like that age have all this enthusiasm? And how is he like preaching to this huge audience of like hundreds of people? And obviously that guy was an influencer and that's something that was very natural to him, much more than so different people. And he was so someone like that, that likes to get up and talk in front of huge groups of people and influence and probably has that kind of skill. And, and I think a lot of that's natural. I don't think I certainly wouldn't have had the interest or enthusiasm, just something like that at that age. So it just depends on the person's on the person and another, some people aren't influencers. So it's just, you have to do what you're comfortable. And, and that's an interesting point. These personality traits are generally, they, they're with you your entire life. And that's an interesting point about how most people tend to exhibit early signs of the type of personality that they have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I guess then just to, to close on the influencer segment here, it, is it ever the case where somebody maybe is an influencer, but they've been holding themselves back? Have you seen somebody kind of wrestling with their own personality type and that's led to them not having career success or satisfaction? Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, You're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Oh yeah. I've seen, uh, I've seen people like a lot of times people believe that they should be something that they're not. And it's just fascinating to me. It's I knew, I mean, I've known people that went into just the absolute wrong careers. I knew a guy that was like us, like that I grew up with. It was just a complete off the charts, like science genius, like taking like AP chemistry and physics and stuff when he was in junior high school. And then the guy decided he wanted to become like a newspaper reporter. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but when you have those sort of introverted skills and he grew up thinking from whatever reason that he should be something else. And even though he had these skills and, and, and I don't think he ever did well as a reporter. So a lot of times people go into the things that are wrong. I know people that went into other professions. I know people that would have been incredible lawyers that had all the skills and thought processes of a good lawyer, but instead of being a lawyer, went into business. And so it's, if you have these influencer skills, you need to really understand that you need to put yourself in a position where you can make the most of it because everyone has kind of God-given skills and interest at doing what you're best at is really important. I think a lot of people go into the practice of law, they go into business or they go into medicine or they go into all these professions for the wrong reasons. And I think it's always important to go with the right things for the right reasons. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really important topic to, uh, to discuss. And I don't want to spend too much time on it because I don't want to go off on a, on a long tangent, but I do just from my own personal experience, knowing people who have gone into the practice of laws, some people have done it because their parents want them to. Right. And I think that's probably, it's common enough that it's worth talking about in detail because if that is you, if you're somebody who ended up in the practice of law because 
somebody else wanted you to, or because you thought it was the safe thing to do or the right thing, that you can use something like this disc personality profile test to just get more insight about ways you can apply your degree and your knowledge and your skills while still having a more fulfilling life and career. Mm-hmm. So it, it's always the case where you can make a transition, move to a new firm or a new practice setting and still apply your skills and your knowledge, but just apply it in a way that makes more sense for you. And, mm-hmm. and it's never too late to make that move. Exactly. Cool. So let's talk now about the meaning of steadiness and what exactly is a, a steady person in the context of this uh, DISC profile? It's someone, the best of steady means that you're consistent, patient, you tend to be dependable. And the, the, But the big thing I think that's really behind it and one of the most important things is that you want to, you don't want to necessarily be the center of attention. You want to, you want to be accepted by the group, but you really want to support others. So you know, that, and that's very interesting. It's a idea and there's all these other kind of qualifications that go with it, which are things like consistency and sometimes not wanting confrontation. But, but the big one is the, the idea of being in a role supporting others. I, I see these attorneys all the time and some of the most successful ones, and they're very successful. They're making these huge incomes and doing all these things. And, 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 and that, okay, a second. Yeah. So, and that, that can, and that's something that I think is very interesting. So the idea of wanting to support others and so very, not everybody has that, they, they want to do other things, but the people that want to support others are, that's really quite meaningful. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense. And it makes sense that a lot of attorneys would have this steadiness aspect of their personality, even if they also are dominant or influential, because as you say, like the profession of practice of law is supporting other people and helping other people solve their problems. So by nature, you almost have to have this aspect of steadiness to you where you do want to support others. You do want to collaborate. You do want to help other people because if it weren't for the other people having problems, you wouldn't have a job in the first place. So I think that that's a valuable note to to take home is that steadiness is really a common aspect of most attorneys. So tell me a little bit more about the, the individuals who have this as their most prominent trait. What aspects of the practice of law tend to, do they cling to, or do they, are they most drawn to? Are these the people doing document review or what jobs within a law firm would the people who have this steadiness aspect, what would they? I think that they want to, they, I think one of the things that, that, that is important, the most important for the attorneys to demand steadiness is really feeling like they're, they're supporting others, but also feeling secure just as they want to, they want to feel they're supporting others. It's also very important to them to feel secure, which is a very kind of, it's, it's almost a risk averse type of personality trait, but they're much more likely to be happy. I, I think many times in smaller firms and smaller markets and family firms or in the government where they know that the government has kind of got their back or, or working with families or, or in, inside of a law firm, like a family owned law firm or public interest or academia, places like that. And if the attorney's in an environment like that, they're much more likely uh, to be happy. I think it, they really do like uh, the idea of being secure and feel where, where others are, have their back. And so I, I think that a lot of attorneys, because this is a natural characteristic so that, that, you know, that there, there, a lot of them are very unhappy because the law firm, large law firms are not like that. They're not stable, they're businesses and they're constantly changing. And, and that makes it a, a little bit more difficult for them. And, so and I, by the same, and by the same token, I would just think that 
working as a solo practitioner or running their own law firm is probably not the the best suited for them because they they again want the stability they look for kind of the large support of a law firm to be behind them rather than trying to create that for themselves is that correct yeah they like the support but at the same time they don't like the risk that their jobs could be in trouble that the the, the firm could change and that they get more senior and all that sort of thing so they're always they really want value of the security and so they'd almost would prefer like one of the things that's interesting is many times these, these attorneys will prefer being in a firm where, where there's more security as opposed to, and they may not make as much money or have a title as opposed to having less security. So I've seen a lot of examples of attorneys that really are steady and value that where they prefer, and this is very common by the way, where they prefer to, for example, be of counsel as opposed to a partner because they feel like they're going to be much more secure there. That's interesting. That's very yeah. interesting. Can you hold um, on one second, Michael? Yes, sir. Hi, sorry about that. Oh, good. Okay. So last question about the steadiness personality type is, again, if they're looking to move up in their career or find a new practice setting that works best for them, what can they do to prepare themselves and what can they do to demonstrate to the new law firm that they're going to you know, be the best choice because of their personality. I think that they need to find an, they, an attorney that, that has this uh, need is going to feel secure to the extent that they're offering the employer a lot more than exactly what either they have than the employer, than they're getting from the employer. So they need to either be in control or they need to accept maybe less money that the, than they're worth in a return for that steadiness, or they need to work in a market where, where they're going to be highly valued as opposed to where they may not get that type of value that they believe they need. Yeah, that that's a really good point. Is like whenever you are applying to a new job, you have to sell yourself and you have to sell yourself as the best choice. And mm -hmm. I think that's another good use of this type of personality profile is to figure out what are your strengths, what are your selling points mm -hmm. so that you can position yourself better when you are interviewing and interacting with uh, potential future employers. Last note or last type in this personality profile is the conscientious profile. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about the conscientious profile and how that specifically applies to attorneys. So that's a good question. And I, I think not all attorneys have this. The big thing is they, they want to be accurate, careful. They tend to be systematic, critical. They, they really want to produce work that's not criticized. And they like challenge different assumptions of thinking. They like doing certain types of research and coming up with good information. And they enjoy showing their expertise. Being a conscientious, uh, I think the best attorneys really are naturally conscientious. And that to me is one of the most important characteristics of them is being uh, naturally conscientious. It's just being very concerned with details, getting things right. And I think that's some of the main things I would say. And then it's valued. Being very conscientious is, is definitely valued by the largest employers it's in, in the legal profession. If you're like that, it's a good thing. And I think most large law firms, for example, the attorneys are extremely conscientious. Most legal practice settings where the work's done for big clients, it's going to be the conscientiousness is, is really valued. So the more the company facing as opposed to consumer facing your practice area is, the more that kind of conscientiousness sense will be valued. That, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely wouldn't have perceived it that way, but after hearing you explain it, it makes a lot of sense. And tell me a little bit more about like the specific practice settings that these conscientious people tend to thrive in you know, aside from law firms do they make good judges like what else can they do aside from working in these big uh, corporate faces do you want to grow your legal career a lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals 
Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Anywhere where your work is going to be, where the where people other your work is going to be looked at by others that tend to be have high work quality standards. So that would be a lot. Judges are one. That's a good example. I, most large law firms, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of in-house environments, especially for big, big schools, a lot of places where did attend top law schools and things and any law firm that's doing work for large, uh, corporations and, and that sort of thing. All, all of those can be good, good places. And then is, is it true that there's a correlation between the types of law schools that conscientious people go to or any of the other profiles, really? It, it doesn't matter. People can be conscientious to, regardless of the law school they went to. But I think that when you're, anytime you're working for, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the type of employer you're working for. If you're doing work on behalf of large uh, corporations, what tends to happen is that the work tends to, the law firms, and other people that are doing work on behalf of large corporations tend to want to do a uh, very high quality work that's very conscientious and there's not a lot of typos and the language is tight and so forth. And then if you're not where people aren't necessarily looking at your work very closely, then you don't need to do that as much. It, it just is a general rule that attorneys from the biggest, the biggest and best schools go to law firms where, uh, or law schools, go to the biggest law schools, go to the biggest firms. And then a lot of times if you go to a local law school or, or not as prestigious, you may be more likely to work for a more consumer facing work where the consumers aren't going to be looking at your stuff uh, as closely and the work tends to be more trying to get things out the door quickly. These are just some general rules that like that all the time, of course, and it's, there's, you know, plenty of great attorneys that are working at consumer facing law firms that are extremely conscientious, but I'm just talking about kind of general rules. The larger the client and the larger the audience for your work, typically, then the more careful you have to be. It sounds like the conscientious people are the ones who take great pride and joy in being very detail oriented in, you know, pouring over every last detail, making sure there are no errors. So in order for them to really be happy and successful and thrive mm -hmm. in their careers, they have to be in an environment that can afford the time for them to be very thorough and for them to triple check their work and make sure that everything is in order. And it, it sounds like if they find themselves in an environment where they're not afforded that time and the opportunity to, to really, you know, be conscientious of their work then they may struggle or they may not have complete enjoyment in their career. Is, is that a, a good summary, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Being, being uh, conscientious really is, is a characteristic of the best attorneys. I remember one time I was, I, and I told this story before, but I think it's funny to be honest with you, but I was in law school and I was in this class with this professor and I was getting the highest grade in the class. And so I went to see him on office hours and I don't know why, but it was about something related to his class. And, and he said something that I thought was really funny. He said, we were looking, we were in his office and it was over, it was, I don't know, we could see people working in the library. And he said, I don't know what you're doing and why do you want to do this? Being a attorney like these people. And I looked down and all this 
kids were looking with most of my glasses on and looking at their books and all intense and it was really quiet. And I thought to myself, no, it's not, it's actually not what I wanted to, but then <laughs> I was, well, I got really offended. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm getting the best grade in your class. And that's sort of very nice thing to say to me and that sort of thing. And actually he was right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He saw something in your personality and, and he understood what we talked about today in that there's certain areas where certain right. personalities are going to thrive and be successful right. and others right. that are just a mismatch. And yeah. that's just the nature of the industry, but. <laughs> The good news is that no matter what personality type you show most prominently, there is a way for you to find happiness and career fulfillment in the practice of law. Definitely. But he was right. He was basically saying that these people are extremely conscientious. They're really into this. Maybe it's not what you want to do, which I thought was funny, but that's right. Great. Any final words of wisdom for our listeners today? I think that the big thing is just understanding what you believe you're going to be good at and, and what your personality is. And I think the biggest thing you can do is put yourself in a legal environment where you're likely to do well. And, and I think that that can help you quite a bit in a practice area and a legal environment. And then the other is, you know, where you're not, that's a huge mistake too. So people that go into the wrong legal environment, it, it can be a huge mistake. So you just need to be very careful, I think, because your whole future is really dependent on being at the right place. Absolutely. And if you want to take the DISC personality profile test for yourself, we will have a link to it in the description for this podcast, as well as on the BCG Attorney Search website at bcgsearch.com. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you for your time. 